0: You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Inside the Fox 59 CBS4 podcast studio, this is the Colts Blue Zone podcast alongside Mike Chappell and Joe Hopkins. I'm Dave Griffiths. Appreciate you joining us today because, boy, there is uh, quite the uh, multitude, the plethora, the cornucopia of content to come out of a certain press conference earlier this week as Jeff Saturday was introduced as the new Colts head coach alongside team owner Jim Ursay and general manager Chris Ballard as well. That's where those meat and potatoes of this podcast is going to be, first of all. Um, if none of this had happened, uh, guys would be talking about Josh McDaniels and the Colts going up against this guy that spurned them. That We'd be talking about a, a weekend in Vegas, but, but a lot of that's going to be pushed to maybe the last five or ten minutes, probably, of this <laughs> podcast, judging by how much we have to talk about otherwise.
1: So. Yeah, and I mean... It, it, it's such a question mark what to expect from this team with the new coach. I'm sure we'll get to that, like you said, later in the podcast. But what a presser. Mike
0: Chappell, you tweeted out on uh, on Monday, uh, I've seen a lot over the years, a lot, but today is messing with my top five list. And that was before the press conference that evening. So I'd assume that your top five list, or maybe, maybe even a top three list, you could consider it after that.
2: Yeah, and I always want to preface it by saying nothing is – to be deemed as critical of Jeff Saturday at all. I mean, I I was here throughout his career, and there's no better player, no better person. Uh, he's a leader. He's a motivator. He, he's just grounded, and he's one of many people over the last two weeks that have been thrown into the, deep into the pool, and they're saying swim. So we'll see where this goes. It's uncertain. What I what I mentioned the other you know, in my story today that was posted last night was. They're headed headed into the great unknown with the great unknown. Even Jeff said said yesterday, you know, I may be terrible at this. I don't know, so we'll see where it goes. But what's most shocking to me with Frank, it was not if, but when. I think we were at that point with him, but to go totally off the charts and go with with a guy who is without question a franchise icon with virtually no head coaching experiences. It's hard to include high school, two years of high school as a head coach and one year as, a, I guess, an assistant. But we'll see where it goes. I mean,
0: it's going to go somewhere. It was a completely baffling press conference to me, and I think that's the nicest way I could say it. That was very good. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, about the inexperience that Jeff Saturday has. That's not a plus. No. But they tried to make it a Jim plus. Jim Ursay says... I'm, quote, I'm glad he doesn't have any NFL experience, end quote. That is a direct quote from the owner, Colts fans, of your football team. I am glad my new head coach doesn't have any NFL experience. So you're going in for a heart procedure, and this guy
1: has no experience, but, you know, I think he's got a chance. Like I said, baffling is the nicest way I can put it. We're not making sausage here, Mike. All right. I don't want to know how it's made either. I like <laughs> I like sausage, but
2: it was, you know, trips to Mars, rockets. To, it, it was. What was the word again? Baffling. Baffling. There you we go. Well, that, that'll be our. I'll our throw in
1: entertaining. Point. That was a great. And <laughs> a pure entertainment standpoint. Look, there, there like, are
2: I, a, there are a lot of things that are entertaining. There <laughs> really are. How many how many clowns can can you get out of a Volkswagen? You know, really, that's entertaining. This we shouldn't be into entertainment now.
0: Right and. You, you know what? I'll, I'll make a comment on that, and I can understand why "entertaining" is a word that comes to mind. I think if you are a Colts fan who is like heavily invested and wants to see this franchise do well, it could have also been the very opposite of entertaining. It could have been, uh, it could have been disheartening. It could have been disappointing. It could have been, um, all those words. We'll, we'll, we'll stop there because. Of quotes like that from, from Jim Irsay, that, uh, that he is happy that his, his new head coach doesn't have any experience. And that was before he went into taking a shot about analytics, saying coaches are afraid and they run to analytics. Which, which why is Jim Irsay taking shots at analytics in this press conference? Oh, a- and, and the quote-unquote new school football? Oh, it, it was a Frank b- was big into them. And this was a like it seemed to me to be a direct shot at Frank on the door out the door, like kicking him on his way out the door. Like we we know that Frank was big into analytics; he talked about it all the time. And Jim talks about well, coaches are afraid, so they run to analytics.
2: Frank did not fear. Frank Frank was aggressive, and he he probably got more criticism for being too aggressive. You're right. So yeah, I, I there were a lot. Th- that was something that that was bothersome because earlier, I think is is it was mentioned that we should not be diminishing Frank as a coach. We didn't fire him. That's, that's the biggest diminishing of somebody's career. So it was just strange. And I'm going to let you kind of continue down the rabbit right, hole. Right.
0: Well, well, there's a, there's a, so many quotes here that, that we're kind of going to break down and talk about and see how we react to them. Because, like I said, this press conference at best was baffling. And it was uh, arguably, like I said, disheartening. And you could even go worse than that, I think, and be completely reasonable. And na- in nationally, doing so.
2: some people have, done, have been have been worse. A-
0: very much so. Here we go. Why did you bypass coaches on your staff that already have head coaching experience? Why was Jeff Saturday, as a question with no college or NFL experience, a better fit for this franchise? Jim Irsay, you said it because he's a better fit. That is a quote from your owner, Colts fans. Why is he a better fit? Because he's a better fit. Are you serious? That's the answer that you give. Why is he a better fit? Because he's a better fit, and and it's not. Jim didn't seem like he was, like he was being. He was stoning or being this reporter who asked this question. It seemed like he was like, well, somebody agrees with me, yes, because he's a better fit. Like it, it was, it was, it wasn't like he was trying to be a jerk to him. Like he, I think he thought that this guy realizes that yes, he's a better fit. Why is he a better fit? Oh, yeah, because he's a better fit, of course. Yes, he's a better fit. Like, an, just another incredibly puzzling moment about about how a coach fits into this franchise. And here's what I will say: I do think Jeff Saturday fits in this franchise because he's been here before. He cares a ton. Uh, he will he will win every press conference he does. I think after we uh, heard what he said on Wednesday. When he had kind of his own press conference for the week, um, which should have been the focus of Monday. Yes, you're right. That should have
2: been Jeff Saturday's press conference, and it wasn't even close. He he, he was a cardboard cutout mm-hmm.
0: along along the podium. Yep, um, but everything most of was directed to Jim Irsey. Some was directed to Chris Ballard, who was up there and who absolutely did not want to be up there. There there, were, there was not a <laughs> not a bone no, not a bone in Chris Ballard's body. That wanted to be sitting he up there. He had to be there, though. He did. He absolutely had to because the coach is fired. You have a, you're hiring a new coach. So he, he, here's, uh, here's Chris Ballard. Um, after the game yesterday, of course, this was on Monday, Mr. Ursay and I had visited, and it was spirited like they can be because we're both passionate about what we do.
2: Which means they both didn't agree.
0: Exactly. What they were there doing. was not agreement between Jim Ursay and Chris Ballard about letting Frank Wright go, at least at the beginning of the discussion. That is inarguable based on what Chris Ballard said. Maybe they came to an understanding later or an agreement later. But and maybe not. And maybe they didn't. Jim Mersey says that Chris Ballard's job is safe. He said he hasn't even considered.
1: Moving not, on. Even said he's not even in my
0: consciousness. He, he's a winner. Um, he was highly sought after when we brought him here. Uh, it's, it's not in my consciousness. That's-
1: However... What struck me the most from that press conference is when Jim said that. Now, do I believe him? Maybe not. But that's what and that was, impacted me again, the most.
0: Another question that was posed to him is, why should we believe you? Credits Nate Atkins of the Indy Star for, for asking a very good question. Why, like you, you said that Matt Ryan was your two-year answer. That's not the case. You said a week ago that Frank was safe. That That's not the case. So why should... Colts fans, why should Colts Nation believe any words that are coming out of your mouth right now? And. <laughs> quartiles. Exactly. Well, <laughs> quartiles, exactly. Um, upper quartiles. His it? answer quartiles. was I've never hired a losing head coach. We're the fourth winningest team in the league. It's not about belief, it's a fact. It's about what we've done. We're better than most all. It's that simple. Our record proves it over time. So basically, guys, Jim Ursay is saying that he is right. Because since the year 2000, the Colts have the fourth most wins in the NFL. He says that he made the right decision to fire Frank Reich because the Colts won a bunch of games with Peyton Manning and Tony Dungy. He is right now because of what happened in the 2000s. Not because they've won one playoff game in the past seven, eight years, whatever it's been. Not because... They've made the playoffs. Uh, They haven't won the AFC South, rather, since since 2014. But because the Indianapolis Colts as a franchise have been one of the better franchises since the turn of the century, which was 22 years ago. That is why Jim Irsay says that we should believe him now because he's making the right decision now and that all is well, because he's never hired a losing coach. So.
1: Yeah. That, on yeah, one yeah hand, that, that,
0: that's it. That's, that's, what, what else is there to say?
1: On one hand, it came off as arrogant. On the other hand, I'm not sure what he's supposed to say. Just trust me. There's no reason to believe. I guess he could have been a little more humble about that. But uh, I, I don't know. I, 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 took, I thought Chris Ballard and some of his comments were uh, – that's what really stuck out to me. Jim was Jim, right? I mean – to a certain extent, Jim Irsay was Jim Irsay. I thought Chris Ballard's comment of uh, something like, you've been kicking me in the rear about wide receivers, drafting receivers for a year, and now all of a sudden the offensive line isn't good enough. It's like, well, you know, you're supposed to have both, right? And also, Multitask. Yeah, and also he sunk a lot of money in the offensive line. so um, it, it just, I, I think
2: at some level he was trying to be humorous, I think because he's, he's done that with us before. in in settings, and in this setting, it didn't work. No, it didn't. didn't. It didn't come off that way. Yeah, yeah, I'm guessing. I'm just guessing. Okay. Because, again, like Dave said, he didn't want to be there. Yeah. He had to be there. And and in a a different tenor of press conference, I think he would have played a better role. But when when your boss is kind of running it, it makes it difficult. And then when, in my mind, again, you, you start inferring things that, he didn't agree with making – probably making both moves, firing Frank and bringing in Jeff Saturday. And again, please, I'm not criticizing Jeff Saturday. I'm not. Right. But t- to be so unconventional, I just – you know, well, one thing I default to is the bad news is they're 3-5-1. and one. The really bad news is they've got eight games to go. So where, where, you know, like Jeff Saturday said, we'll see where this goes because I don't know. Well, you know, it can go in a lot of different directions, including it can get worse. Uh, that, that, one thing when I talked to, uh, when Jim Merce called me on Tuesday and talked to Bob Kravitz and I, is he was irate finally about the idea they're tanking. And, you know, the thing is, I'm I'm not sure they can help but tank. I think they can play balls out as much as they want to and how many wins do you see on the schedule? Two? So, but that, that's why this is this is really an odd time for the franchise. And, again, I don't think Monday really helped give it direct, the, the, the direction
0: that they thought it would. I think that if they're going to win anything down the stretch, I, they're going to have to win like they did against Kansas City. Special teams going to have to make big plays. Can you win with Sam? Defense is going to stand up. I don't know if he can. That's the thing. Like, I think that maybe he can get some points and then the defense can close it out late. Maybe he can generate a big play. But, but that's it, – it's not consistent. It's not even close to consistent, thinking that, well, maybe he can do it this week. Well, maybe he can do the, it the, the next the week. The
2: format to win with, with Ellinger, and again, he's, he's in an untenable situation too. It's the Washington game. That's how they're going to win moving forward with Sam Ellinger until they get things fixed, until the offensive line can do something, until JT can be a factor, a force – it's going to be 16-10. to 10. Can the defense close it out? Which they should have done against Washington, but they didn't. Uh, in this league, scoring 14 points a game ain't going to cut it. You, you can't compete with 14 points a game.
1: What kind of um, sense did you get about the Saturday hire for long term? Because obviously he has to, because of the Rooney rule, interview other coaches after the year, at least pretend like they're legitimate interviews. Did you guys get the sense that he basically handpicked his guy to be the future coach? He just brought in Jeff because he likes Jeff and wanted to give him an opportunity to finish out the rest of the year? I think that's
0: more along the lines of, like, he he wants to give Jeff an opportunity. And Jeff has been a consultant with the team in the past. And, uh, I mean, they talked about it uh, on Monday, about Jim called him during the game and wanted to talk about the offensive line and, like, was asking why the offensive line is so bad. So Jeff's a guy that... Jim ursay has gone to for... Well,
2: the consulting thing he's done is on the offensive line. Right. He's gone primarily. to,
0: yes, for, for understanding about what's going on in the past. So he trusts. Jim Ursay trusts Jeff Saturday and his, his opinions. But at the end of the day, you're going from talking about pancake blocks on get up at 8 o'clock on Monday morning to coaching an NFL team. And, and that's... It's night and day from consulting to coaching. And I think Jeff Saturday could be a good NFL coach. Like you've said, Chap, I'm not trying to degrade anything uh, about Jeff Saturday when I'm talking about this. But Jim Mersey has more than earned criticism for how things have gone this year, for how that press conference has gone. And and I'm not even done, guys. I'm not even done (laughs) about about this. Go ahead. Um, keep, keep it going. Go ahead. Jim we'll, starts. We'll,
1: can I finish? Like, yeah, do you guys think yeah. there will be a legitimate like coaching uh, search after the season? Oh yeah,
0: yeah, I, I do. I think there's it, it'll be legitimate. I don't because because first of all, I don't think this team is going to go even five and three, four and four down the stretch. Like that that would, that would make things kind of muddling. Like, eh, maybe it, it, if he goes six and two, seven and one, he's then and he's very much. I think he's your coach. And even though you have to go through the official hiring process. He's going to be the guy because he's already been in and proven it. But if it if he goes, if he goes two and six, which is probably I, I think a possibility that it's playing, that or more. Playing worse, hard, with the yeah, team playing hard. Yeah, with the team playing hard, just because they can't score points. Right, like defense might be pretty darn good, but they can't score points, and there's going to come a point where there is going to be if this offense continues to only score 14 points a game. There, it's very reasonable to think there will be a back-breaking point for this defense where the straw breaks the camel's back and they're done, and, they're, and they're, they cannot give the same effort week after week. And I don't like I I don't want that to seem like it's like um, criticizing these defensive players because they care about what they're doing, they're putting their effort in every day, but it's just understandable to think that that moment is coming.
1: Mental fatigue is real. Yes. Like- no matter what you do, you reach a point, a breaking
0: point. Right. So, so all that to say, I, I just think it's going to take a Herculean effort for for him to to earn the job after this year. Well, I hope you're right. Well, one thing to keep in mind, and there was a lot of stir over the
2: the, the Colts hiring a, a guy from the outside, and they not, you know, the Rooney Rule. The Rooney Rule does not apply, right, for an interim coach, because it can't. It, it simply can't. You can't. You can't fire your coach on Monday. And bring in six guys to inter- three guys to interview mm-hmm. for the next. So that that's not that's not even to me an issue, right? And and to sort of attack th- this franchise on minority hiring practices is ludicrous. Tony Dungy, Jim Caldwell, Alan Williams. I mean, on on and on. Reg- all, all these minority coaches. This team's been at the forefront. So mm-hmm. l- let's just keep things in perspective. The
0: Rooney Rule was a non-issue. For this, Right. And that question, the Rooney rule, I'm glad you bring that up, because that can take us to that question. Um, uh, Jim said that uh, some of you guys make it out to be a problem or perception, but uh, you need hits. You've got to do it. I understand. Um, Jim says right here later in that, kind of taking it to the next level, I was a broadcast journalism major, too. There's always going to be a lot of creative and a lot of words said. I don't know. Are you guys ever held accountable? your editors bring you in and say, well, you wrote that stuff. It was all wrong. You're fired. We get held accountable. That's for sure. So there goes Jim taking a shot at the media. I don't think most fans care about shots at the media. And that's fine. I- I'm not here for, for sympathy for the fans. But once you start taking shots at the media, uh, for reasons that are beyond me, media never played it down this year. Media isn't uh, the, the, the highest paid miss, offensive line in football history. We didn't miss a yard field anyone. goal. We yeah. didn't Houston. miss a yard field goal. We're not three, five, and one.
1: Media certainly doesn't get paid with those guys get paid either. Ha-
0: haven't won week one since 2014. Haven't won the AFC South since 2014. Media hasn't done any of that. You come out taking shots at the media because you fired your coach after week nine of the season because you benched a future Hall of Fame quarterback for a second-year guy who has no experience, because you hired a head coach with no NFL or college experience, is baffling at best, again. And, and I use that word probably because I know I shouldn't go any further. And so, th- so that's where I'm living right now, kind of in, in this professional setting, doing this podcast with you guys, kind of teetering on that edge. About as far as I'm willing to go, personally, here, professionally, uh, to describe all that. So, so that was I found that to be entirely distasteful. So there we go. I'll take a step further. Incredibly distasteful to to do that in that moment. Maybe people out there don't care because, like I said, shot at the media. Most fans probably won't care too much, but I I just
2: default back. Also, that that was Jeff Saturday's day. He's up on the stage, and and, and it, it was his introduction to, to again a wild day. This thing this thing happened like in the blink of an eye. It happened like over twelve hours. You know the the, the hours get a little bit fuzzy, but essentially Jim Irsey called Jeff at midnight or one o'clock, you know Sunday Sunday night Monday morning, and said, "What do you think? Will you help me out?" And then Jeff thinks about it, sleeps sleeps on it, and prays with his wife. And they get back together by the phone by 9 or 10 o'clock, and he said, we'll do this. So it happened, boom, quick. There wasn't any two-week you know, lead-up to this. So it should have been Jeff's day. It, it just should have been Jeff's day. And what we got on Wednesday, which was mm-hmm. outstanding, and that that's who Jeff is, it, it should have been Monday night, but that's mm-hmm. under the bridge.
0: Yeah. Um, a, a little bit more from this press conference before you get we more? really. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I always have more. Um, this was kind of a, a little bit from what we were talking earlier uh, about. Uh, well, anyway, Jim Ursay said Don Shul was 32 years old when he was younger and he, was, he became a head coach, had some years with the Lions, took over the reins uh, of the Dolphins in 1963 says, no, the game is not different. We don't build rockets to go to Mars. We're not nuclear scientists. I strongly disagree. The game of football is completely different in 2022 than it was in 1963. There's some similarities. There's a little pigskin. There's 11 guys on each side. You're both trying to move the ball downfield, keep the team from moving down, down the field. But everything is different. How you go about doing all those things is different. The people you need to in the building, the number of people you need, the types of people you need are different. The interaction with those people. The interaction with people is different. The interaction with fans is different. The media is completely different. The NFL is a multi-billion dollar organization with television rights deals that's different. Everything is different now than it was in 1963. Trying to say that Don Shula was a young coach with little experience, so that Jeff Saturday is the right decision for your franchise now is ridiculous. It is baffling. baffling. Word of the day. go. Oh.
2: It is baffling. I wish I had a little dinger where you just ding, ding, ding. Whenever he says baffling, we could
0: just <laughs> hit that because my finger would get worn out. It would. Uh. It'd, it'd already be, we'd need new batteries already for that little dinger. Now there's one more thing I'll say, and I'll kind of uh, wrap up my thoughts on. I've on been the joining us. Keep yeah, going. thank you. I, I, I will. I appreciate this. Um, Jim Urse saying, "I don't know what goes into sausages." There's your sausage quote.
1: I love that quote. Yeah, it, was, it was fantastic. That and quartiles were my two favorites.
0: Uh, the upper quartile <laughs> of the top quartile. I just hope that that we're in the upper quartile, the top quartile of Colts podcasts that you all listen to out there.
1: He, he said quartile three times and like once, about, and it, in the upper quartile. Yes. And of that quartile, we're in the top quartile there of that go. quartile. Yes,
0: it was it was something. Anyway, I don't know what goes into sausage, but I do know how to build a football team because I've been around for 52 years, and from all the people, from Paul Brown to Don Chula, there it is again, to sitting with Ted Marchabroda and understanding um, what you uh, what you do during a week of preparation. I understand that, and I understand that uh, he, Jeff Saturday, is fully capable of doing this and more. Okay, Jim Ursay has been around the NFL and been around the game a lot more than other owners have. Absolutely, I will not deny that. He knows more about football than most other owners have. Absolute, uh, owners do, absolutely, will not deny that. Jim Ursay, he was the general manager chap, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, from about 1984 when they moved to Indianapolis to the early 90s, Bill Tobin came in in 94. Is that really when he took over more Personnel stuff, or would you say that Jim Ursay was still in charge of that? Through no, the they
2: mid- they brought in in Robert Ursay brought in brought in Bill Tobin, right? And that was in ninety. Jimmy did, didn't know at the time that that was done, which was awkward then, right? And Jimmy took over after his dad had the stroke. Took and, over ownership. At well, that point, right? not, not technically well, ownership, but 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 he started. Is that a better? Yeah, word? that's a good word. Because I think he took over ownership officially, like in ninety seven, whatever right. it was. The, the, but he started
0: running the team in like 95. Okay. But he was like the GM before that. Correct. Like when was, who was actually charged with kind of building the roster, which is what GMs Correct. do, between 84 and 93, before Correct. Bill Tobin came in 94. So between 1984 and 1993, the Colts won 59 games and lost 100 games. They had the fourth worst record in football, lower quartile. During that time. The fourth, exactly. The bottom quartile of the bottom quartile. Only the Phoenix Cardinals back then. The Atlanta Falcons and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Did your homework, worse. didn't you? The Indianapolis Colts, during that time that Jim Ursay was general manager of the Colts, scored 16.2 points per game, which was the worst in the league. Now, Jim Ursay knows more about football than me, but that does not shield him from criticism. When teams were built that were Super Bowl-winning teams, Jim Ursay played a role. I cannot deny that, but Bill Polian came in and built a lot. Before that, Tobin was there and drafted cornerstone guys like a Marshall Falk, Marvin Harrison, Tarek uh, Glenn, Tarek Glenn, um, Dwight Freeney was in there. I think that was Polian. No, that was that may have been Polian's first guy. I think so. The cornerstones for that Super Bowl winning. And multi-AFC divisional champion, 12 wins a year team were picked by Bill Tobin and Bill, uh, and, and Bill Polian. So I, I know why Jim is claiming credit, because he has a hand in this. And when you become owner or steward in 95 and onward, the buck stops with you. You get the final say in things like Peyton Manning over Ryan Leaf. Um, you have a big hand in hiring coaches like Tony Dungy. And you have a hand in hiring a general manager, like a Bill Polian, who came in and made all these rules. Uh, not all these rules. Made all these great moves to bring in great players. But ultimately, that's the general manager that does a lot of those things, is building the team, building the roster, building the talent. So I, I'm hesitant to give Jim Ursay as much credit as Jim Ursay is giving himself for what happened to the Colts in the early 2000s. If I'm completely off base, feel free to tell me. But I think that he deserves some credit, but not all the credit in the world, which is what he sounded like he was trying to do at this press conference, give himself the credit for everything that has gone on, and therefore what his decision is right now with the Colts is the best decision, that Jeff Saturday is going to be good because we've been good in the past. So, so that's, like I said, that's really my final thought on the press conference uh, when it came down to it, I, I thought that what what Jim Merced took credit for was baffling. His decision to hold the press con—well, you have to hold the press conference—but what what he said was was baffling, and where this franchise is right now is um
2: confusing. It's it's as far away from being a championship contender as it's been in a while. It it really is. Because when they were god awful in '97, and when they were god awful in 2011, there was a light that you could point to. It was Peyton Manning, and it was Andrew Luck. And now you, what what do you point to? You, you've got you've got to get your bearings. And until you get to the draft on the offseason, I I don't know that you can. I don't know what they can do over the last over the last eight weeks to give to give semblance of we can come out of this and we're headed in the right direction because now now maybe the offensive line starts playing better i mean we've had 9 games and we're and we're waiting yeah
0: what evidence would you have that it's correct. going to change right now correct
2: right. so so we'll see that, that that's the that's the hard part is i think what fans want is reassurance that okay it's it's really bad now and and, and all that. But, but you know what we can see our way out of this and you can't and to, to, to say otherwise is just, is just wrong and, and chris before i mentioned how jim mercyce was upset about the tanking when he talked to me on tuesday chris ballard was the same way on monday and and i understand that if i if if, if my heart and soul rests with this team and whether you're a player a coach a gym whatever and you hear the word tanking it's got to make your blood boil you know i don't think they're i don't think they're that the, they're consciously tanking. Now, I, I would. I question sticking with Ellinger. I just do. I, I think I've seen – I think he's in an unwinnable position. I just do. Now, whether going to Nick Foles helps or going back to Matt Ryan would help, I don't know. But but to, to think that they've just cashed it in, I, that, that's why I thought that was one of Chris's more strident positions Monday, and I understood it. When you You're, you're, you're questioning his integrity, which I wouldn't do. But all fans want is is reason to believe, and right now you're giving them. Again, they're going to go to the Raiders. There is a game on Sunday, isn't there, Joe?
1: It's still uh, on the schedule. Yeah, we'll, we'll right see now. if we get
2: to it. But you're going in, into there with a with the head coach who hasn't coached at this level, with a play caller who hasn't called plays at any level, and a quarterback who will make his third start. I mean, that that's not encouraging. You bring up. Go go ahead, Joe.
1: I wanted to talk a little bit about Chris Ballard for the moment because it seems pretty obvious that we're at a point in his tenure where Ursay has kind of taken over in terms of making the decisions. He clearly brought in Saturday. Um, it's pretty clear he was the one who made the Ellinger move. I mean – Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. He made wins. Carson Wentz move. Uh, I mean, you got to think after the season, he's got to bring someone in to be a new GM who he trusts again – to handle the franchise, because uh, if not, just get rid of Ballard and make all the moves yourself.
2: Well, but you, then, you're, but you're going to bring on a, G, a new GM if, if that's where they go. And I, I, I hope they don't because I don't like to see guys get fired. But you're going to bring in a GM knowing that the, the w- what the power structure is, and the power structure is going to be that it, when it, when it comes to those. Flashpoint decisions, the owner's going to make the decision, and that's not healthy for a franchise.
1: Hopefully not, but neither is what's going on right now. I mean, he's got to convince some kind of GM that, you know, this is your job again. What happened with Chris was they brought in the wince. I wasn't about it. It turned out how I thought it would, and my trust was lost in Ballard, which seems to be the case based on what's been happening. Um, For this franchise to – make the right decisions going forward. I feel like he's got to bring a GM in who he trusts and allows to make decisions for the franchise again.
2: Chris Ballard will not quit. He won't quit. He's got too much pride. He's got too much confidence. Uh, He will have to be shown the door. And if that happens, I don't know. I mean, again, whoever asked the question, Kevin Bowen, I think, asked Chris or asked Jim Mercy about Chris. And he said, again, he's not even in my consciousness. You know, that's not going to happen. Or that's not going to happen, whatever. And, and things change, so we'll see. But uh, again, there's not a, there's not a shred of Chris Ballard that, that will
0: quit on this job. He won't do it. For all the praise that Jim Mersey gave Chris Ballard in, in that in that answer, saying he was highly sought after when he came here, great indication this organization he wanted to come here. He could have gone anywhere he wanted. You guys tried to diminish. That's your words. You have no substance to it because there's no truth in it. The guy is a winner. He's been immensely successful. No one is perfect. We lose a lot. Uh, he talks about, Michael compared to Michael Jordan. Is Michael Jordan coming up? Exactly. Yep, that's Michael Jordan right there. You know how many shots Michael Jordan missed, how many games he lost. Uh, in this league, it's tough. But like he was, um, so, so he, he was effusive of his praise of Chris Ballard. And to your point, Joe, then let Chris Ballard make the decisions. Yeah. Don't kneecap him and make them all yourself, all the big ones. If you don't like how he makes big decisions, then fire him. You, you can't have it both ways. Jim Mercer is trying to have his cake and eat it, too, here. Remain somewhat in control of the roster of this franchise and the goings-on of his franchise that most owners have absolutely nothing to do with in the NFL. And then at the same time, say that you have this guy who's one of the best in the league and is a winner, and he's the guy who's in charge.
1: To me, that's the biggest thing that needs to happen for this franchise to be able to move forward, is to... If if Chris Ballard's not the guy anymore, bring someone else in and allow them to run your organization. Because uh, unless you want to take the time to be a full time GM, which is probably more of a commitment than Jim Rutherford wants to make right now, it, it's not going to go anywhere with allowing your gym, GM to do half the job. But when it comes to the critical decisions, just pulling the strings yourself. Yeah. If you
0: if you don't trust him to make the big big decisions, then then what's he doing there? Yep, is what you're saying. What's he doing there? And that's a great question. On Saturday, Parks Frazier is gonna. What you got? No, no. Oh, okay, yeah. On, on Saturday, Parks Frazier is going to uh, to call plays for the first time in uh, in his young career. Thirty years old, the young man Parks from Mississippi went to Murray State. Go Racers!
1: Is that older or younger than Don Shula was.
0: Thirty is younger than Don Shula was. Ooh. In fact, yeah, we're getting in there quickly. <laughs> um, so he has been a passing game specialist, assistant quarterbacks coach this year. Before that. Well before that, he was Frank Reich's assistant, um, a, uh, a spry go-getter at 25 on uh, on the staff with with Frank, and uh, just learning the ropes. They liked his grit. They liked his tenacity. Like He's the in cut the building. Of his jib. Exactly, exactly. like the cut of your jib. He's probably in the building for like 18 hours a day, uh, minimum, most days during those days. And we're back to that again, is what he he said as he spoke to us today on Wednesday, as we're doing taking this podcast. Um, saying he came and said, pointed to the door, which was a glass door there to the media room, and says, that's the first time I've seen the light of day besides practice uh, in, in, like, in four days since all this went down. So he's once again grinding, man. And, and as a Colts fan, you got to love it. You, you love to see the guy grinding. You love to see a young guy, I think, who has been here for five years get an opportunity to call plays. But at the same time again, and I'm not, just like Jeff Saturday, I don't want to say one bad word about Parks Frazier, but holy heck, he's the one getting the job to, to call plays when you have other guys on the staff, again, who have guys who have a lot more experience in the NFL. Scottie Montgomery, the running backs coach, has been a head coach before in his career on the college level, and and, and Parks Frazier is the guy who's going to get the call. I, I, I was really impressed with him in his press conference honestly today. He doesn't have the same charisma as a Jeff Saturday who has a whole lot more media experience, I'll tell you that, obviously, since he's been in front of the media so much more. and He's a member of the media, for crying out loud now. He but was pre- Parks, he was prefer- preparing Par- for his show yep. when he got the call from Jimmy. Exactly. But Parks has been, like, he, he, was, he was professional. He was as detailed as he wanted to be, brought up a lot of times. I'm not going to tell you that, basically, because I want to maintain the competitive advantage, which for him, good for you. Correct. You need every advantage you can right Correct. now, so, and then you know it. So he didn't get into uh, almost any details, but was in control, was professional. We will see what Parks Frazier can do. I'd imagine there's going to be some, a lot of similarities to Frank Reich because he's spent his entire here five years with Frank Reich. There are probably some little things Chappie does differently. Which we won't see. Exactly. We, which, we, which we won't notice. We won't notice what it, exactly it is. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, Parks Frazier now the, the guy calling plays there, so they're they're kind of uh, they've turned the new leaf on offense to to a to a spry thirty year old who now kind of like Jeff Saturday, has the opportunity to try to impress with absolutely no experience before in his career.
2: Yeah, and a couple of things. I mean, and Jeff mentioned it on uh, on the strange thing from a guy who writes is it's it's awkward when you say. Saturday said Wednesday that Ellinger will be his coach on <laughs> Sunday. You, to put three-day references in a sentence is awkward. But the thing is, he mentioned that, that we're understaffed. We're understaffed, you know, yeah. self-inflicted. Yep. And I mentioned that sort of to, to Parks today is that he's calling plays, okay, first time. But up until three weeks ago, the foundation of game planning was Marcus Brady and Frank Reich. Right. I'm guessing really really heavy on Frank. Everybody had their hands in it. They did. But the the the, the big, you know, baking of, of the of the cake was Marcus and Frank. Well, now they're gone. So and you game plan specifically for each week so there are serious changes. So I yeah, in playing calling plays is one thing, but you got to get, you know, the game plan in place before you can call them. So it's really interesting, and, and he wasn't going to share where they've gone and, and who's doing what. Everybody will have their hands in it. But at the end of the day, the buck stops with Parks Frazier. And probably more than anything, I'm curious what the offense looks like, how, how efficient the offense is, because it, it, it wasn't working. It hasn't been working. And why do we believe it will work now? So many times when you get a, an interim coach, not so many times, but often, occasionally, there's a boost, an emotional boost, because just because there's a new guy in the building and, and all that. Raiders last year, right, yep. right. And Rick Venturi was one in ten. God bless him. Back in ninety one, yeah. whatever it was. Yeah. But it's it's it's. I go back to to what. The great Tom Moore always used to say, "It's players, it's players, not plays." So you can you can have God's best game plan Sunday, and if you don't execute it, if you can't execute it, what's it matter? So I'm curious. I really want to see. And like you said, I I I totally am on board with you. Is is if this doesn't work offensively, it's not Parks Frazier. Not at all. It's not his fault. Nope. So. uh, You've used the word baffling so much on, on the Monday. Right now I'm curious moving forward, and that's as good as I can go as curious.
0: Joe, when you, um, when, you, when we kind of get into the nitty-gritty here of, of the offense and where it goes from here, I think Chap uh, hit the nail on the head saying that execution is the key, and that's a word that Park said a couple times. It, 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 it doesn't matter if you call the best best plays out there this team has not executed very well the game plan over the past couple weeks so it would take it would take a radical change in something behind the scenes for things in front of the curtain now to to do better and god bless it that's what they're hoping for but uh, hope is uh, in this case probably uh, pretty meager
1: yeah i i mean It'd be one thing if maybe this was week four or something, and there was still reason to believe that uh, there's a few bad games that we could turn around the ship. Um, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I've Speaking purely as a fan for a second, mm-hmm. I lost hope on this season weeks ago. I mean, I really did. Wa- maybe five, six weeks into the season, you saw that this offense was not going to be good enough to make any kind of noise, even if you miraculously squeaked into the playoffs. Um, so uh, it's kind of a mess right now, but I kind of have my sights set on the draft and what the team can do. There's, the, eight,
2: there's eight games to play. I yeah.
1: know. I know there's yep. eight games to play, and it's going to sound messed up, and I know this is completely against what this team is doing. If they don't win another game, I'll be fine with it because you because go and, you're a tanker. I'm a tanker. I'm going to take her all the way. Um, you know, that's, that's just kind of what you got to do at certain points in time to get the players necessary. I mean, he was talking about the quartiles and how much they won. You had the first freaking pick in the draft, and you take Peyton Manning. You, Peyton Manning's next neck gets hurt. The team all of a sudden can only win two games without Peyton Manning. You get the first pick again, and you luck into Andrew Luck. Um, so sometimes you need a little bit of fortune. You need things to go wrong before they can go right.
2: Well, there's no question. NFL does not reward eight and eight or eight mediocrity nine, no. is the it, worst it, you If can you're going to be, gonna be if, if you're not going to be any good, be bad. That's why I'm mad at the Pacers right now. They're winning too many games, <laughs> but they're fun watching. <laughs> they, they sure are. are these fun guys watch.
1: right now are not fun to watch. And and I hope at very least Saturday and Frazier can bring fun bad to the table.
2: But the only way you're, you're fun bad. Is if, is if you're if you're competitive scoring. on offense. Yeah. You can't be fun bad and have a, a championship level defense. This this isn't championship level defense, but it's 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 close. it's divisional winning. It level is defense it is easily. But that just means you're getting beat 26 to three. Right. They played they played their butts off in New England.
0: They, it, they were it, really good, man. I was there. They were really and good. And it's
2: got nothing to do with, with how bad the Patriots might be offensively. The, the Colts dictated that game. Quiddy
1: pay is a player. A very it, solid game. And
2: they got beat by 23 points. Yep. So that, that's the, the only thing is I, I understand the, the curiosity level and will it be fun bad. It's only fun bad. Again, I was there in 91 with Venturi, and that was not fun bad. That, that was bad. When, when, when you're you're scoring six points a game, when you're getting beat either nine to six or twenty to three, it, it's not that's not fun. Even though even though I'll give you this joke, even though the light at the end of the tunnel is maybe a top five pick, because right now they're 14th.
0: 14th. There's still 13 teams below them. Right but else. there's
2: only there's only five with two wins. You you know what's going to hurt these guys? The tie. Yeah, the the tie can can help you to get it, and it can hurt you in the draft. Mm -hmm. So, but there's only five teams that have like two wins. So it's there; it it can be there. But one of them's the Raiders. It's what it reminds me of. One of my all-time great movies was Shawshank Redemption. To get free, Andy had to crawl through. You know, you know what he had to crawl through. Five
0: hundred yards of (laughs) excrement.
2: Right. So I. the players hate to hear this but i i hope that's not where we're at i really do because i I've, I've, I've experienced it from the outside and it's not fun even though even though when you get free and and Andy raises his hands up in the rain you're free it's a long journey to get there long nasty journey to get there
0: what does hancock health's membership in the mayo clinic care network mean for you it means our independent health network now has access to the knowledge and resources of the world leader in medicine. It means your Hancock Health doctor can now consult with Mayo Clinic specialists to confirm a diagnosis or treatment plan. And it means that together we're making health possible for you. Learn more about our new clinical collaboration at hancockregional.org front slash Mayo Clinic. Joe, as you said, there's a game this weekend. That is the latest you've ever read that. It's still on its schedule. We're 45 minutes in (laughs) to this podcast. It's
1: actually obligated. Exactly. Usually
0: get to it within 5 to 10. Nope. We made it to 45 today. The Colts are 3, 5, and 1. They visit the 2 and 6 Vegas Raiders. 4 5 p.m. kickoff. I'm still getting used to saying Vegas Raiders. CBS 4, if you're in central Indiana. Let's quickly run down the injury report. We'll touch on some bigger things. I'm not going to go word for word here. But Ashton Doolin, uh, designated to return from IR. That'd be a boost back for the Probably uh, a couple games, you think, a couple more weeks, probably. I think so. Okay. And we'll see after he practices. Um, let's see. A couple players rested. Matt Ryan returned to practice on Thursday. That is significant. Did not practice Wednesday. He's back on Thursday. Certainly not going to chat be anything this weekend, but uh, Jeff Saturday might have a, cho- a decision on his hands.
2: That that will be, we talked to Jeff tomorrow again. And I, and I think that's going to be the main thing is on what Friday, are you going to do a yeah. quarterback? Mm-hmm. And, and, again, Ursay told me that it's just prerogative. Whether you believe that or I don't know. I'd like to get Jeff's take on quarterbacks.
0: So you can follow Mike Chappell at Chapel 51 on Twitter uh, for uh, for exactly what Jeff is going to say on Friday. Follow us at Colts Blue Zone. Joe is at Roto Street Joe. I'm at Dave G. I actually deleted my
1: Twitter, so you won't be able to find it.
0: Okay, Colts Blue Zone. Oh, you're, no, you're my, going my on Roto Street. Okay, well, well, yeah. okay. Joe Joe is uh, in solidarity with, uh, <laughs> with all the... Uh, we're not going to get into that because uh, this it didn't
1: is... have anything to do okay. with Musk. I just didn't want to Twitter. Anymore. All right.
0: Well, congratulations. Yes. You're, you're the lucky one. We have to stay in this uh, hellscape. I think, <laughs> I, I think we can say hellscape on, on, uh, on yeah. a podcast and be okay with that. Um, Mo Ali Cox with an ankle did not participate in practice on Wednesday. That's pretty significant. And Jelani Woods with a shoulder injury. So both both tight ends, uh, the top two guys there uh, in, in danger. Um, and, and Mo Ali Cox had a boot. On, on his ankle, so not, not a good sign. We'll have to watch that this week. Dion Jackson, a knee injury, did not practice on Wednesday. At least Jonathan Taylor did. Uh, limited participate on Wednesday, uh, as was Ryan Kelly with a did, knee.
2: Didn't JT sound semi-optimistic? Semi-optimistic
0: today, is, what, uh, is what came out of the locker room today. He said that on, on Tuesday, or, or on Wednesday, after Wednesday's practice, that he felt, kind of felt better than he had in a while. So,
2: yeah, but the, the, only thing, the only caveat is he said the same thing prior to last game. I feel like I'm doing the things I used to do.
0: This but then he gets back, and so so he'll play, but he might hurt himself. The, again, the, the, is what you're the, the
2: issue they're having with him right now, and <laughs> the concern, from my end, is it, this is going to be the case all year. Yeah, it's an ankle, and Didn't and want
1: to just give him a little more time. Well, I mean, but, but the, I
2: don't, I don't know that that matters. I think you give him another week, and and there's still the the risk of of doing that again. So, I I, I know what you're saying. I I think maybe he tries to play, and you hope he doesn't tweak it again. But this is an ankle, and this may be with him the rest of the season.
1: I oh. hope not, but it might be.
0: Other side of the ball, the Raiders uh, put their uh, all-pro tight end, or at least a uh, Pro Bowl tight end, Darren Waller, on injured reserve. So that's and
1: a, um, Hunter Renfro, he's on well. injured reserve too. Yep, just came across my thing.
0: Wow, okay, that's significant for sure. You know, he's been he's a weapon for them. Tore Colts last year. I remember. near the winning play. He I mean, did. Basically, the yep. was it third and whatever.
1: Yep. Yep, and tossed it up. Big, I long think uh, Kenny Moore was in coverage. Kenny Moore was in coverage. Darius Leonard went, went jumped up it. in the air, and yep. Derek Carr got, pa- got away from him.
2: Exactly the mobile, elusive Derek yep.
0: Carr. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and Derek Carr, a full participant in practice, even though he has a back injury. But uh, that's uh, that's the most important things when it comes to the Raiders injury report. Um, Joe, uh, with uh, since you put together this. Uh, Extensive Raiders uh, preview. What do you think are the most important you three keys? Minutes, exactly. <laughs> what, what are the most important keys for this that we usually spend 20 minutes on? To get in the next two minutes, eh?
1: I mean, looking at the Raiders, obviously Josh Jacobs is having a great year. He's fourth in the NFL in rushing, um, averaging 5.4 yards a carry. So taking care of him will be big. Um, you know, for an offensive line that's struggling in the Colts, the Raiders are last in the NFL in sacks. Ooh. Um so only nine. Uh now Max Crosby has six and a half of them. He's a very good player. They brought in Chandler Jones. He has half a sack at this point in the season.
0: Syracuse's own Chandler Syracuse. Jones. He's doing yeah. so well. He had like six sacks in one game last year for the
1: Cardinals, didn't he? Or at least five. He did against the Titans, like yeah. one or yeah. something. Um so hopefully the offensive line can get together a little bit and hold up against this Raiders front that's no. not been nearly as good as the Patriots at getting after the quarterback. Obviously, Devontae Adams is one of the best in the league. He's been really up and down. Five games with 95-plus yards, three games under 40. Um, He had a great game last week. Maybe he dips back down in Gilmore's coverage. We'll see. If you can contain Devontae Adams with no Waller and Renfro out there, I think you're in pretty good shape defensively.
0: Yeah, I I would agree with you there for sure. And They they usually have a slew of guys that, that they can throw to, but with two big, big targets out, um, it, it comes down to Devontae Adams and what he's able to accomplish. And if you have Gilmore out there, you feel pretty good on him. But if he's on the other side of the ball and if Faison's in there or even Isaiah Rogers going up against Devontae Adams is no easy task. So, so that's going to be a huge matchup to watch because he's obviously in the passing game, chap, their biggest threat.
2: Well, I, I think we're going to see you know, it'll be the one-on-one with he and Gilmore. And by and large, Stephon's played at a top level. Played pretty darn well. Like it was, good. it was a
0: 50-50 ball against Terry McLaurin, and McLaurin won it. Like that's the one that you point to if you're if you're trying to pick out the one thing. Like ah, Gilmore. And that like he 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 won the game in Denver. Uh, and Heineken had plays. like
2: ten seconds exactly. he to, had throw to, a it, day to throw it. To throw How long can you you know? It, it, but no, I think by and large, of all of all the moves the Colts have made this season, bringing in Gilmore. He's held up his end of the bargain completely.
1: Another one of my keys is obviously don't, don't turn the ball over. I say yeah. this every week, but the Raiders have the fewest takeaways in the NFL with five. So what this are the Colts
0: have now, 17? Yeah, 17, because they got one 17,
1: last 17, they tied for the League League with New England. Um, the one thing this Raiders defense is decent at is against a the run. Uh, they're 14th against the run, and they're 7th. In yards per carry, allowing just 4.2, so um, might needs a few plays out of the passing game because if it's just run, 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 that's what the Raiders um, would prefer to defend.
2: I, one thing I took away and we're inferring a lot, but from Parks Frazier is in these situations you sort of simplify and instead of doing, I'm not exaggerating, instead of doing 20 things, okay, do like eight things really, really good. I think they're going to go back and they're going to be tr- they're going to try to be who they. Want to be, they're gonna they're gonna lean on their run game, and I think they're gonna lean on that run game until it hurts, until the game is out of hand. You know, uh, twenty five carries for Jonathan Taylor. I mean, it's easy to say because the game can get away from you, but right, they are going to try to really lean on the run game and just have Ellinger manage. I guess is, is in in that frame, but maybe I'm wrong. But this this just feels like. They've got to almost make it a, you know, uh, North Carolina four corners offense and really kind of simplify the game and shorten the game.
1: If, I, if it was my first time calling plays, I won't want them to ask, why didn't I run the ball more? So no, I, no. There, it, it should be. <laughs>
2: and and you stuck with the run so long. <laughs> yeah. Why? And, and I'd have an answer for that.
1: Jonathan Taylor. Exactly. As long as he suits up.
0: In the game allowed us to keep running the ball. Yeah. And, and if you're trying to generate big plays, Joe, which is one of your keys, like Jonathan Taylor is one of the guys who can create a big play. So it, it, it's him, it's Pittman. Like, try to go to your horses as often as possible.
1: I think we all realize this offense is. Even if it improves, it's not good enough to consistently drive up and down the field. You need big big plays. Pierce has provided them. Pittman, not as many as you'd like this year, so hopefully he can get something. Paris Campbell has actually shown you something. If you want to talk about one of the few bright spots this year, he's been healthy, and he's starting to look explosive as the year goes along. And defense. I mean, I I think this defense is capable of maybe getting a big turnover. Isaiah Rogers um, is a very fast return man and one of the better Return them in the league. So you're going to need some kind of splash plays if you're going to win.
0: First, crying out loud, block somebody. Nine, nine sacks last week was was just awful. I saw every one of them. It was painful. Somebody explain to
2: me what blocking scheme has Braden Smith blocking inside and leaving Matthew Judon one on one against Deion Jackson, who just got back in the game from hyper extending his knee. Is, is that Braden Smith mis. Communication on what he's supposed to do, but there's there's no scheme that has your deep, your outside linebacker of that level going against a running back. I don't care if it's Jonathan Taylor or I don't care if it's Edger and James. Right, can't do it. Doesn't matter who who, who it is out there.
0: Doesn't matter. Can't do it. Won't do it. Shouldn't do it. Shouldn't Better do not it. do it. No, Get you fired things. if you do it. Exactly. And we saw yeah, what happened. Yeah.
1: The story of Hancock Health is all about you and everything you need to live your healthiest life
0: like Hancock Regional, one of the nation's safest hospitals, and an independent health network with over 70 doctors at more than 30 locations around East Central Indiana.
1: We're growing and evolving to help further your story, and we're just getting started. See all the ways Hancock Health and you can work together to make health
0: possible at HancockHealth.org. FanDuel is the Colts five and a half point underdogs to the Raiders over under set at forty two point five. So forty two point five. I don't get it. I don't know. They're they're predicting a good amount of points there, uh, somewhere around the uh, twenty three to eighteen ball game. Uh, something like based that. on based on what? Based on what? Based on you're the, you're, what? you guys are the betting guys. I, I right. Well, I gave it up. I got tired of paying off. Yeah. Well, because the Raiders' defense is terrible, but the the Colts' defense has been just as woeful as of late. The um, offense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah. The offense. My bad. Uh, defense no, has good. been very very good. But yeah. Um, Joe, how about you go first with your prediction? I'll go next, then Chap can wrap things up.
1: I'm going to take the Raiders twenty to ten. Um, I think the defense will once again have a good performance, but the offense will be. Um, terrible and put the defense in bad spots turnovers sacks Um, I mean a 10 point loss at this point in the season doesn't feel that bad after 26 to 3 so I'll go 20 to 10 Uh, what say you
0: 17 to 9 Raiders is what I'm gonna go with if there are point more points than that more power to you but I'll go with 17 to 9 I've got seventeen to ten. Oh, hey. but I
2: like yours
0: because that's three
2: field. I assume exactly. that's three. That's yes. not a touchdown and a safety. No, no, is no, it? no, no, no. No, it's not.
0: <laughs> Either that or, or it's a defensive touchdown and a safety. So
2: because one thing, remember what it, it, somebody asked Jeff about how aggressive and analytics and all that, and he said, "I take the points." I, and that to me, that wasn't a shot at Frank. It was just a, no. It wasn't. I'm going to take points. I'm an offensive lineman. So when it comes down to fourth and two from wherever mm-hmm. and there's a field goal chance he's going to take he's going to take the field goal
0: How you deliver a line makes it very uh d- determines the meaning, and that was not a shot at frank no, it wasn't Jim Ursays however are we back on your we're baffling back on, road back on there. <laughs> it's It's going to be a story for for all this week until there's a game and then then perhaps even after that
2: but but seventeen ten i i just i i saw the over under at forty two I'm thinking haven't you there is video? There, there's actual evidence of,
1: of, of, of what this has gone on. Maybe they just think it's the Raiders are just going to slaughter the Colts and score, I don't know, 25, 30 on their own. Right. That's what they would have to. I, I'm right there with you. I'll I would give them take, 25. I'll take the they're under. Still all not day. Getting to, they're still not getting <laughs> to the over under. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, but but I just I, I, I keep going to the same thing until until this team can find a way to matriculate down the field, I don't. I don't know how you stay competitive. At at some point the defense can be playing great and and Carr is pretty good. I mean there's evidence that he's not, but I still think that you have don't you got you got to help your defense and I just don't think these guys can do it.
0: You can follow us for Colts News and Notes throughout the week at Colts Blue Zone. Mike Chappell is at mchappell51. His work is online at fox59.com and cbs4indy.com. have a story up right now for his chat with Frank Reich that he had on Tuesday. Um, so we didn't get too much into that chat, but uh, you can read that online if you're interested because there are obviously a lot of other things that were uh, a little bit m- more relevant this week, uh, unfortunately for Frank. Um, I'm at Dave G underscore sports. Joe Hopkins is Twitterless. God bless you, L- sir.
2: How about putting his phone number out there? <laughs> okay. It's uh,
0: 317. Uh, yeah. That's, that's, you can get in touch with Joe. if uh, no, you can. I think I'd
1: rather have my Twitter back than yeah, my right. phone number. No, I think uh, <laughs> probably a good idea. Hey, Colts and Raiders
0: this weekend, 405 kickoff in Vegas. If you're in central Indiana, check it out on CBS4. And if you are uh, a masochist, you can join us at 1130 a.m. for for more Colts uh, preview content against the Raiders for the Colts Blue Zone pregame show. Appreciate you listening. We'll see you next week on the Colts Blue Zone podcast.